My name is Adolf Mukandiwa, and I'm a manager at PwC on cybersecurity and risk assurance services. And uh, it's a pleasure being here at Manx Radio. Let's hear a little bit about your background first then, Adolf, because uh, again, you've been here what, on the Old Man for a couple of years, a bit longer? It's close to two years now. Uh, I moved beginning of last year. That's when I moved to the Isle of Man. And uh, I was coming from having worked at PwC Zimbabwe. Uh, that's where I began my journey with PwC and uh, went on to work at PwC USA uh, in California, specifically in the Silicon Valley. And I've been in the cyberspace uh, throughout that period. And I'm happy to be now working here on the island. And how have you found it being on the island? It's rather different, I imagine, from some of the previous places you'll have uh, worked. Small, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, quite different and uh, very safe also. <laughs> quite one of the, the biggest positives being here. Yeah, I think that's the thing for a lot of people, isn't it? They do feel safe. It's a secure place to live. But I guess the topic we're on today, sort of in a way, begs the question, doesn't it? Because on the one hand, I think whilst physically a lot of people feel very safe on the Isle of Man, I think the whole point, I suppose, with cyber and cyber security is you can be anywhere. It doesn't matter whether you're in the middle of the biggest city on the planet or working in a fairly remote spot. If you are online and have any online exposure, you could be at risk anywhere. True. Uh, I agree with you on that one, Howard. Technology has brought people together globally. What it means is when you start looking at it from a cyber security side of things, uh, it's more like sometimes a one attack fits all environments, uh, unlike safety or physical safety where, I mean, we feel much safer here. But when you look at it from uh, our security on the cyberspace, uh, any attack that could be hitting uh, somewhere in the United States can equally be hitting a company here in the Isle of Man. Uh, so it's it's quite different uh, when you look at it and uh, I think that's why what we want to, to sort of unpack uh, as part of this conversation. So how cyber aware are companies now? Because it, obviously it's been quite a few years since everyone's been online, the digital world, the digital revolution I think is pretty well established these days, whether it's a large multinational like PwC or just a small local firm being on the Isle of Man or working anywhere throughout the British Isles. Do you find that people are cyber aware? Or are there still companies who just think, well, it's not really something that affects me? I I think there's been a remarkable uh, increase in awareness. And uh, I'm happy we're having this conversation during the month of October, which is the Cybersecurity Awareness Month uh, recognized in Europe, the UK, here in the Isle of Man, and many parts of the globe, uh, which just indicates how it's been taken seriously. Whilst it's a, it's a conversation that runs throughout the year, but they even dedicated a whole month to be talking about cybersecurity. So this month, you're going to be finding a lot of content online uh, coming from PwC, coming from many other companies out there, which are trying to conscientize people. So I would say uh, at this point, there's been an increase in awareness. Uh, people are getting more aware. At the same time, I would acknowledge that the level of sophistication coming from the attackers and hackers has also been immense. Uh, and it's what's adding to the complex scenario that we have that in as much as we are aware, there's so much that's happening uh, that's still making us vulnerable. 
And is that the main aim of, of the uh, Euro Cyber Awareness Month? It's just to basically raise the profile of just the risks that are out there and what people should be doing? Exactly. Uh, it's it's meant to, to conscientize people. It's meant to bring the, the cyber subject to everyone because cyber cuts across individuals and corporates. Uh, it's not just meant for, say, if, uh, banks, for telecom companies, for technology companies, or for uh, maybe manufacturing companies. It's meant for everyone. Uh, that's why there's this month and there'll be content targeting all these different uh, groups of people uh, to make sure everyone is moving at the same level when it comes to cyber awareness. And we'll come to sort of the individual level in a few moments. But first, just thinking perhaps about the sort of risks that are out there. I think people do hear these words being bandied around when it comes to cyber security, uh, people being scammed. I think we hear that quite a bit or scam emails. We also hear these terms, though, like sort of ransomware and, and phishing. Explain a bit more about that, because phishing, and we're talking about, I think, PH rather than FI, we're not, we're not out with our rods or whatever, but phishing, what is exactly is meant by that? So the, the, when it comes to the attacks, there's quite a wide range uh, of attacks. I'll unpack uh, some of them right now. And as you're asking specifically on phishing, phishing is one of the social engineering attacks whereby people uh, or these attackers, they sometimes want to manipulate human behavior uh, because we are human at the end of the day and uh, we our emotions can be played with. Mm. Uh, if you're feeling sad, someone can come and say something to sort of comfort you online and you think they're your friend. Uh, so sometimes you're in a rush. Someone can quickly drop a message because they know, they know you're not focused. So you're not going to read through everything. So they play out our emotions to their advantage. So phishing uh, involves use of uh, specifically email uh, targeting uh, certain individuals or uh, even wider groups of people uh, to manipulate them into either you download malicious software which then runs it could end up being say a ransomware or some computer virus at the same time it also is used to make you say click on links and these links would trigger other actions other unwanted actions so you could click on a link and then maybe you're browsing on your social media and suddenly you find your your account being used to post uh, or distribute pornography, which is one of the undesirable things that you'd want uh, to see happening through your own digital identity. Or it could be uh, whilst you click a link in the background, uh, it goes on to transfer funds from your ex uh, maybe logged on bank account and sends the money somewhere. So they're more technical names, but I'll try to keep it simple in terms of sometimes what will be happening. But this is just an example of uh, how phishing can be disruptive and can be used uh, to perpetrate cybercrime. And you mentioned there within phishing ransomware, which is something else we hear bandied around quite a bit. Now, you can correct me on this one. My understanding basically, again, is this is where something is implanted. If you get if your system of your PC or whatever the case may be gets infected, it basically plants a bug in there, which is going to lock you out quite often of your own information. And then the perpetrator is going to come to you and say, well, right, well, we will give you the access key to get back into your system for a price. I do agree with that. Uh, ransomware uh, is one of also the 
most disruptive uh, software. And if I just give reference to one of our research pieces, which we have been doing over the past years, which we call the PwC Global Digital Trust Insights Survey, the latest report, which just came out a few weeks ago, indicates that across over 3,500 businesses, uh, most of the business leaders, they were sure that there's going to be an increase in ransomware attack over the next 12 months or over the next medium term. This highlights how significant ransomware is uh, as one of the cyber attacks. So ransomware, what happens is uh, you find uh, either the malicious software delivered through phishing, which we're just talking about, uh, where a user's manipulated and download some malware and then they click it, it launches, uh, could be a ransomware, or it could be delivered through other methods. Uh, there's quite a number of other covert methods that are used to deliver uh, this malicious software. Once it sits on your systems, on your computers, on your servers, on your mobile devices, tablets, uh, it encrypts all your data. And by encrypting all your data, it's obfuscating your information. So you can no longer see it. You can no longer access it. And then they typically put a banner uh, and then they'll ask you to pay money, uh, usually through cryptocurrency because they want to use a channel that's untraceable to individuals. So they'll then ask you to pay money. If you can't pay, you just lose your data, uh, which also brings the conversation of sometimes how do you prepare or to respond against uh, a ransomware, which uh, involves other things uh, in terms of incident response uh, to that type of attack. But essentially, that's how sometimes uh, ransomware uh, attacks work. And this is something really which can affect anyone, as I understand it, because again, you might think that the only people who are going to be at threat of this will be your, your banks, your large companies, your multinationals. Famously, I think there have been cases recently uh, for massive firms like I think Sony, I seem to recall. Disney, again, I think fell prey to a ransomware attack a while back. But actually, this can and does happen sort of locally. And in, in this case, we're talking about locally in the Isle of Man, just to local small businesses. True, Howard. Uh, when I when I look at the local environment, some people always think that this is going to happen in the, in the UK, this is going to happen in Europe or in the United States. But this has been happening locally. Uh, I'll give some examples of what happened uh, sometime last year. There was an entrepreneur who runs a hair saloon and they came out, which is a good thing because it helps to make other people aware that this is happening. So they came out during the 2021 Cyber Isle con uh, Conference, which is the Isle of Man Cyber Security mm -hmm. Conference. And they gave an account of how their business, the hair saloon, uh, was breached by this ransomware. So it disrupted uh, their booking system. So they couldn't tell who's coming and what time they're coming. It was a complete so, nightmare for a business like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Uh, and uh, it took their business off rails because now you couldn't keep up with customers just walking in uh, and not knowing who to expect because this is fully automated. Uh, you know, you want convenience in business. You want convenience for your customers. So these online booking systems, 
bring that convenience and efficiency. But when it's the only thing that you use to schedule your appointments and it's logged by a ransomware and you can't access it and the person is asking for thousands of pounds in some cryptocurrency, which you're not prepared to pay at that point and the confusion that comes with it, uh, you realize how costly these ransomware attacks are. So this is one Then uh, earlier this year uh, on BBC, there was a report of a local manufacturing company, which was also breached through a ransomware attack. So this from a hair saloon to a manufacturing company, it means it can hit anyone uh, everywhere. And so what do people, what can people do? I mean, I don't know in the two cases you've cited there, do people, do they end up having to actually pay this ransom in order to get their, in order to get their business back? Or do they have to take advice, maybe go to firms like PwC, go to other cybersecurity experts and revamp their entire digital network or whatever software they're using? When it comes to responding to attacks like ransomware, uh, it really needs you uh, quite prepared to handle that type of scenario because you can think you're solving and you keep on digging your grave deeper uh, than it is. Uh, and I would indicate that uh, when you're in such a, in a situation, you need to, to call experts. Uh, and this is from both, let's say, the constabulary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to involve uh, the right people. You also have, say, the Office of Cybersecurity and Information Assurance and you also have uh, private operators, uh, private security firms like PwC would have uh, experts who are trained to deal with those uh, scenarios because you want to sometimes uh, come back you know, from downtime. At the same time, you want to understand what, what was the point of entry of this attack. Uh, and that information can help you as you plan uh, your next security journey bouncing back from that attack so you need people that will help you uh, recover your business at that point and also uh, help you plan on the next steps of how then do you make sure you don't fall in the same trip again and at the same time uh, involving police uh, is important because the perpetrator can sometimes be picked uh, through other investigations and then there will be lawsuits uh, against those people because these are cyber criminals. Can we say who these, well, do we have an idea who these criminals are? Because, of course, unlike physical crime, someone breaking into your hair salon and nicking your equipment or t- nicking your till, whatever the case may be, chances are they're going to be pretty local. In these cases, with any of the cyber, they could be cyber hacking from anywhere in the world, realistically. They could be in Europe, they could be in the States, they could be in India, Africa, you, you name it. They could be anywhere around the planet. So that makes it so much more difficult. Are they generally organised firms or are we talking here, do you think, more primarily about very techie but unfortunately sort of corrupt individuals. It's quite a a wide spectrum uh, when it comes to cyber criminals. It ranges from individuals who just have these specialist skills or individuals who have access to the technology tools that are used to compromise other individuals or other businesses. What's even more interesting, there's now what they sometimes call ransomware as a service. And what it means is you could purchase Uh, the tools to attack another individual or another business. They're now on the open market or sometimes on the dark web. But again, coming back to say 
uh, who are these people so they are individuals they are even more organized say uh, groups of people you have the likes of anonymous which are quite popular uh, there's quite a number of them and usually find them taking credit when they've attacked someone so for example when uh, when uber was compromised there was another group that came out uh, claiming that they had perpetrated that attack uh, so you can have more organized groups or more uh, or more established organizations which are running syndicates of cyber criminals and you don't want to be a target of those ones but in the case that you are uh, you just need to make sure you have the right safeguards in place to counter any of those actions what should people be doing if they're listening to this and perhaps they're in a small to, to medium-sized business rather than a, a big multinational or maybe just even a local business uh, as you know as you were referencing there the local hair salon if they don't feel that they're particularly cyber aware or their systems are entirely secure what sort of steps should they take in the first instance so in, in terms of what you need to do uh, as, as a small business uh, I understand that they they have say a limited budget hmm. when it comes to how can you find how can you fund uh, cyber security with the union entity the first thing is you need to get the basics right uh, that's the first step you need to be aware of how you access your environment where is access to it you need to manage your digital identities and just have a, a bit of controlled access to your environment and then when you want to take the next step you need to involve experts you need to involve these cybersecurity firms to come and help you. And I, I, I think with experience I've seen, it's not like it's a one price charged across all different entities. It's all based on the scale of operations and the specific technologies. So don't be afraid to reach out to cybersecurity firms. They will help you based on your uh, specific circumstances and based on your budget. So it's not, uh, I wouldn't say, it's expensive and prohibitive that you can't be getting cybersecurity services because you're a small hair salon. You can still get the support that you need. Is this something where, again, maybe firms speaking to someone or firms like PwC, you can sort of get advice there in the first instance to maybe push you on the right road? Yes. Uh, and on the island, there's quite a number of uh, different firms, uh, including PwC as one of the firms that can can be helping you and the good thing is you can be helped from you know uh, day one uh, on your journey uh, and as you grow they can also scale your cyber security uh, operations to ensure that it matches the level of growth and it also matches the level of value that you want to protect trouble is i suppose for many people they think well how do you actually tell because you're saying quite often trouble might start with a scam email coming into your inbox or your business inbox or wherever it might be and sometimes and I'm sure again we've all seen the emails which obviously are distinctly unusual fish you think you know you just delete them straight away but of course an awful lot of them are entirely convincing and look totally genuine is, is there any way or any advice you can give to people to say you know how careful you can be or whether you can actually detect whether something's going to be a scam email because they do sometimes seem to be incredibly realistic i agree with you howard uh, the sophistication of the phishing has been quite convincing uh, and just looking at the surface every email will almost look like it's legitimate uh, 
uh, I think there's basic uh, email security hygiene that people need to to be practicing. Uh, just like you, you just don't uh, deliver a package at the wrong address. That's more like how you need to treat it when you're online. Uh, check the address, the web address that you're visiting. Check the domain. Uh, these terms used to be quite technical, but people are getting used to them right now. So they now know that uh, if I'm looking at maybe what's PwC's domain, they will know it's pwc.com. So if you're going to see some someone purporting to be PwC and they're not uh, using that PwC domain, whether it's the website or whether it's the the email coming from myself or someone, and you're not seeing that at pwc.com, uh, it should ring a bell. Uh, it should make you worried, uh, raise some questions to say, where is this coming from? And use an, an alternative way to reach the people. Maybe ring on the phone and check, cross-check if they actually sent you that email. So you really need to pay attention to those domains uh, that are sending emails to you. You also need to be careful. Let's say you are the one you're sending communication. Make sure you also cross-check where you're sending the communication so that it gets to the right person. So you need to practice that email hygiene and also just not freely giving out your your email details out there when it's not necessary because it opens you to other people now phishing into your email because they, they've uh, freely received that email address. And so for, again, small businesses, perhaps local businesses around here, applying some good common sense, as you say, good housekeeping when it comes to their, their actual online presence and their sort of digital presence and emails and such like, that makes good sense. Do they need, again, to perhaps think about uh, having some sort of protective wear, the sort of stuff you can sort of buy off the shelf or online, whatever the case may be, in order to, to protect their systems? When it comes to email, there are also other technology tools that people use. And it all depends, again, when it comes to whether you're outsourcing the email or you're hosting your own email servers. But regardless of the scenario, you can still have the, the email protection coming as a service in addition to the email service that you're getting. So the email protection uh, will be, say, email web application firewalls that will be checking the email content uh, just to see if it meets the criteria of a genuine email and if there are some email domains that are already known to be malicious they'll be flagged by those email scanning tools that are, be, are being used uh, so they can be available off the shelf you can just buy these tools but again I said it depends on whether you are hosting your own email or you're outsourcing the email service so you could still have whoever is the third party provider who is providing you the email service, ask for the email protection from them, make sure it's part of the package because you don't want to let your guard down at all. So I think if anything's come through this uh, brief chat, it, it is exactly that, isn't it? I think you need to be on your guard all the time. And also anyone and everyone could be a target. It doesn't matter whether you're a, a one-man or a one-woman business or a huge multinational, you could be targeted at any time and frankly as we are hearing in the case of again the the, the local with the uh, the hair salon here this really is something you don't want to happen to you because it's it can have sort of multiple effects realistically not just the inconvenience but the cost of putting everything right and and the reputational damage as well yes howard uh when it comes to to the cost of cyber security 
uh, breaches, people have to look at it from multiple angles. One of it is you're going to have business downtime when, let's say, you're hit by something like a ransomware or some computer virus. So there's going to be business downtime. You're going to lose sales sometimes. In addition to that, you're going to need uh, to recover your operations and there's a cost attached to it because sometimes, say, your software and hardware that's been infected, you need to desensitize it or you just need to rubbish it and uh, send it away and acquire new hardware and new software. So that's also going to be other expenditures. In addition to that, you're going to hire experts, uh, which you need, and this is on an agent basis. And sometimes it's uh, quite expensive when, when you're pressed and you need immediate help because if you're going to call someone at 12 midnight saying, I've been attacked, they need to wake up and you know, the charge rate at 12 midnight is most likely different from 9, 9 a.m. during the day. Yeah, yeah. And these attacks happen at the most unfortunate times that we don't want them to happen. So it happens overnight because it runs 24-7. These criminals are from anywhere. So, the, so, the, so it's not like they're sleeping. So whilst people are sleeping here, people will be awake in India. People will be awake in other parts of the world. So we can still be pressed and getting our systems hit by attacks. So the cost, again, depending, again, if you end up breaching regulatory requirements, such as data protection, the damage goes further. I can give a few examples of some uh, corporates that have been penalized mm. by the information commissioner when they have violated general data protection requirements. Uh, I've seen uh, British Airways being penalized I've seen uh, the Marriott Group of Hospitality uh, also being penalized multiple millions uh, just from breaching data protection. So whilst they were incurring other costs behind the scenes, they were also getting penalized by the regulator for not protecting personal data because personal data is quite sensitive uh, and it has to be high up the priority list when it comes to what you're safeguarding. It's a massive subject. We've barely scraped the surface of it in our little chat here today. I think the one thing that uh, stood out to me and the one thing I think everyone must take on board, as you say, is it's something you can't afford to ignore no matter what size of business you are. Uh, and also, as you say, you can't sort of go to sleep on it because it's the sort of thing that can happen at any time, anywhere, any place. And once it's happened, you can have an almighty struggle, as you say, to actually get things back to normal again and, and get your business back to where you were, which nobody wants, whether it's a small business or a big multinational, as you're saying, or firms like British Airways or ending up being penalised again if, if you've actually breached data protection laws. If people do want more, clearly they, they might have piqued their interest in this and they think, well, I could do with finding out more about this if listening to this. How can they find out more? Um, can they go to PwC in the first instance to get some more information, some more details, some more help? Yes, at PwC, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, we, we do offer cybersecurity services locally here uh, in the Isle of Man. And uh, we are reachable on our website, uh, PwC Isle of Man. Uh, you'd find there is a section with uh, some of our services under the advisory services. And you see cybersecurity right there and a list of services that we, we can help uh, organizations with. And this is ranging from small to medium to uh, large business entities. So everyone is catered for. In addition to our website, you can also find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on LinkedIn. We have our social media pages 
or are live and uh, quite active that you can easily just send us a message and we'll respond to you. I'll just throw you a googly to uh, to finish off. Yeah, I might have to think about this one. So if, if someone was to, or you were going to give a person one tip, just one tip for some basic cyber security, if, again, if they're whatever business they were in, what would that be? If it's to an individual, uh, Howard, I would say you need to know the digital identities that you're running as a basic premise to help you then know what you need to protect. And I think over time, over the past decade, people have created so many digital identities and they sometimes fail to keep track of how many accounts they have created online. So keep track of your digital identities uh, because you might have created some account a long time ago, forgotten about it. And then that can just be one way an attacker finds their way into your life. And if it's for businesses, you need a comprehensive plan. That's what I can say to businesses uh, because there's much more value to protect from financial value, reputation, operations, uh, customer relationships that you need to protect. So you need to have a comprehensive plan to safeguard your business. Top tips. Thanks very much for those adults. Thanks for spending time to talk to us on the podcast here today. And uh, I can only say stay safe in the real world and indeed in the virtual world as well. Thank you, Howard. It was a pleasure. Thank you.